This is the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Waylee Gray. Hey, you know how many physicians today are feeling overwhelmed and trapped living that busy and unfulfilling life? Yet more than ever, we as physicians are keenly aware that life is precious and tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. My mission is to help physicians start living their best life now by discovering and achieving their wildest travel dreams. So come, join us on this journey. Welcome back to another episode of the Dare to Dream Physician podcast. I am so excited to introduce our guest for the show today. Her name is Dr. Reina Trevino. She works hard as a pediatrician during most of the week and also wears another hat as an inventor and entrepreneur. She is the founder and CEO of her company, Rose Medical Innovations. She invented and patented Dr. Rose's Healthy Noses, a brilliantly designed nasal aspirator for newborns and babies. And it's currently in the final stages of manufacturing and expected to become available on the market in January 2022. When I first met Dr. Reina, I was struck by her humble and kind demeanor. What is even more amazing is the incredible story that is behind this woman and the story that is still unfolding. Whether you may be secretly dreaming of designing a product that will improve people's lives, or you're just curious about what possibilities are out there for doctors, these next two episodes are for you. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Dr. Reina. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I was very excited to do this podcast with you. Oh, I'm so excited to have you because what you have been pursuing in the last five years or so, I think is something that's very foreign to most physicians. I would love to just hear about your whole journey. But first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know that you're a pediatrician and you practice full time, but tell me more. You know, where are you from and how'd you grow up? How'd you decide to be a pediatrician? Yes, yes. So I live in Naperville, Illinois. So this is my town for the last 20 years now. But I actually grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota. And so I I lived an interesting childhood going to friends' farms and hanging out with cows and (laughs) riding horses. And no one would ever guess that that's me because I, I like to dress up and look a bit sophisticated when I go out versus like a cowgirl, but it's the best memories. And my father is a pediatric neurologist and he still practices for the university here in Illinois. And so he's someone that I really looked up to as a child. And actually he discouraged me to be a doctor because he said, well, this is a lot of work and, you know, there's easier ways (laughs) But of course, being strong-headed, I didn't listen. I just wanted to be a doctor much more. And so I pursued that. And then just becoming a pediatrician, I I did a lot of research in retina, research with sheep eyes and at the university. And so medical school came and my third year rotation in optho came. And to my disappointment, it was not something I wanted to do anymore. And so I felt a bit lost. I thought as going through these clinicals, I did my pediatric rotation. I never babysat kids when growing up. 
And so, but what I noticed is when I would do my notes, the little kids would come up to me and ask me to play with them or sit on my lap. And it just seemed to be really interesting that they weren't doing that with the other medical students. And so honestly, I became a pediatrician because the kids asked me to be one. Oh, I love that. You're a baby whisperer, a kid whisperer. Uh Like the Pied Piper. So I just went with what was natural and then went with pediatrics because of my experience with children just following me everywhere on rotation, like presenting. And so it worked out well. I love being a pediatrician. Yeah. And how long have you uh, been practicing pediatrics? So 20 years now, I had to think back, but it's been 20 years. It's been interesting seeing the profession evolve and and it's still evolving, but I still love it just the same. The patients are, they're just the best. Hmm. What's your favorite part about being a pediatrician? It's just following the growth and development of the children from birth. And since I've been practicing 20 years, some of my first ones, they've graduated and they're sophomores and juniors in college. And some that I've met later in their life, they're now parents themselves and bring kids to me. And so it's really very rewarding to see these relationships and how much they, they just, they, they don't want to leave my practice. <laughs> and so, but, but they get to be too old for me, <laughs> but they come back somehow with their own children. <laughs> so it's, wow. So it's nice. So you were working hard and being pretty happy working as a pediatrician. And do you have kids of your own? Yes, I have three daughters. And I also remarried later in life. And my husband, he has two daughters. So together we have five plus our assorted pets. Tell me about Dr. Rose. How did this company come up? So it came up with an idea, my product. Then it came to the point where I had to find a name for a company so that legally I can protect my product. The name Rose comes from my first name, Reina, and then Olivia is the O and Sophia's S and E is for Elise, my three daughters. That this came about prior to meeting my husband. Otherwise, I would have thought of a different name to add the other girls and my husband. Rose suited me because Rose is my family. It's very personal. And I wanted to create products for my patients. And I see them as my family as an extension. And I added doctor because these products are based on science and research and development, innovation. I just combined the two and came up with Dr. Rose. Wonderful. I love that. How did you go from a busy pediatrician and a mom and then having a product idea? Actually, the idea came about 10 years ago. I was working inpatient pediatrics, doing more hospitalist work on weekends. And then I was an outpatient physician. So I got to see both worlds. So I would attend deliveries and I would use the little blue bulb aspirator to clean the newborn's nose passages when the obstetrician would pass me the baby and I would put them on the warmer and I would 
clean out their passages. And But then what I found is I realized the bulb would go in the little cart, the little bed with the baby and back to the room. And the bulb would go in the mom's diaper bag and go home kit. <laughs> and then in clinic, I realized, wow, is this the same bulb that they used at the delivery? And so there's no way of knowing if it's clean or not inside. Oh. It's not something you can open and, and clean. And also patients, the babies, toddlers, they hate the ball. They see it, they run away or they try to escape. And it's just an unpleasant experience for them. And so it, it just, it was like a gnawing feeling like, wow, why isn't there something better out there? And there are products where you use your mouth and you can suck out the boogers with your mouth and you put the other end in the baby's nose. And so I know some houses are divided. The mom is happy to do that, anything to help their baby, but dad doesn't want to do it because it's gross for him. Or That's so the interesting. Daycare provider. So, so basically, you were just observing what, what you're using every day. And you realized that the, the, those blue bulbs, which we've, we've all seen, if we worked in the hospital and been in a delivery room, we've seen those blue bulbs that they used to suction the baby's nasal passages. It started bothering you because you felt like this wasn't the best design. I thought something better could be done that was more hygienic, pleasant for the user, the mom and the baby, both focusing on the baby's comfort, but still be effective. And so I actually had this idea that something should be done. I let this idea just ferment a little bit. Hmm. Uh, But one night I had a dream and being a 70s child, I played with these toys called Weeble Wobbles. They're they're egg-shaped, and so they don't fall down is the commercial. And so they're weighted on the bottom. And I was dreaming that I was playing with these Weeble Wobbles. I was like five years old in my dream. But then it was interesting. It evolved into this shape in, in my dream. It was really strange. <laughs> I must have been really tired, I guess, and... And so I saw the shape of my bulb, like, oh, I could make a bulb that it balances so its tip stays up and it doesn't touch the surface like the blue bulb does. It just, you put it down, the tip is on the surface and you go pick it up to use it. And so you could pick up all kinds of things that way, including bacteria. And and so... It, it was very strange. So in the morning, like I had this strange dream. So I wrote it, I journal every day. Hmm. And so I drew the picture of the general shape in my little journal, but it sat in my book for a little bit. I didn't do much about it. Sometimes I would bring up the topic to other people and they would just joke with me. Oh, that's a pipe dream. Why would you do that? That is a lot of work to make a product. Hmm. Did you tell other pediatricians? Who did you uh, talk to? I was divorced at the time. So I was meeting other people. And so I would run the idea. They were non-medical. And so they just thought, well, no, you you don't need to to go through all that trouble. Why Hmm. don't you want to still be a pediatrician? Or maybe you could stay home with the kids and I'll provide everything. And why would you 
think to do something like that. It's a lot of money. It's too much. No, you might not sell or. So you were just running these ideas by people you're dating at the yeah. time. Yeah, that was the responses I would get. Wow. So I, I just would not bring, bring it up very often. And so I would sometimes talk to my partners and they would be like, well, how are you going to do that working? Having three little kids and then this idea, how are you going to do this? The turning point was that after five years of hearing this and working so hard, I really wanted to try to provide better for my children, spend time with, provide more so with my time, Mm. which was, so I, I balanced, it was a very fine balancing act, but I was able to not miss anything that they had, sporting events or shows. I thought, I, I, this is good for the future because this will help provide, I'll, I'll, it'll free me more time and I can help more kids, more babies, because I can only see them one at a time. This way, I can be a part of taking care of much, many more babies than just one at a time. Mm. Um, and so I thought this is this is good. I think that this needs to come out and I'm going to work hard and the way I'm going to do it is I'm just going to do it one day at a time. And so 5 years ago I took one day every Wednesday was working on this. I found a lawyer and we had a filed a provisional patent finally 5 years after I drew it in my book. And then interviewed three engineering firms and picked one and developed five different prototypes. And each one were improvements because I would have big cohort groups and I would test and get feedback and parents would give me their feedback and then I would make improvements and then make another prototype. And it went on until now. I'm happy with the one I have. It's the fifth one. It's been taking a little bit of money here and there, but slowly. And so it got to the point also that I pitched for the very first time to the University of Chicago, the business school, because I didn't know how to move forward with marketing to see if it was a product that would sell. Hmm. So I sent a blind email to these professors, didn't know anyone And each of them responded. It was so interesting. (laughs) And they invited me to pitch a pitch contest. I've never pitched before. So I went in front of these judges who there was tech companies there and other medical companies. And I just had my little bulb and I won. I had the most compelling pitch, apparently. And the prize was to have the business students guided by the professors, the economists, create a marketing plan and an exiting strategy and make projections of income. It was such an amazing 10 weeks. It opened my eyes to just other talent outside of medicine. Wow. Okay. Let's backtrack a little. There's so many things along the way I I need to ask you about. You had a dream literally a dream at night during your sleep, the dream helped you come up with a product idea. So you sketched it in your diary and then you let it sit there for maybe about five years. Then you made the conscious decision to say, I'm going to invest in this idea. I'm going to invest myself. And I'm just trying to imagine this. I mean, you didn't know anybody who did this before. No, it was totally 
just out of thin air. <laughs> I didn't know anyone. You didn't know anybody who had made a product, but you knew to try to patent this, right? That when you said you were looking for a lawyer. Yes. So I thought, well, doctors always have malpractice insurance. I imagine this needs something. Plus, I work for a very large corporation. As a physician. As a physician. So I needed a way to separate that life from my second life that I was Mm -hmm. creating. And Mm. to protect myself and the hard work that I was thinking I'm going to need to do. Ah. The lawyer thought, well, are you sure you want to do this? Patent can cost up to $15,000. Wow. Making prototypes can range from $5,000 to $20,000 each one. Wow. Um, To pay for engineers. Do you want to do a market analysis to see that it's going to pay off? And so he suggested also that I seek some help in doing an analysis of the market. And I said, well, where am I going to find one? So I thought, well, the best in Chicago is either University of Chicago or, or Northwestern. So it ultimately was the University of Chicago, which apparently they're the number one business school in the U.S. now this year. And I'm just so impressed that I was invited. Yeah. Well, you weren't just invited. I mean, you cold called them in a way, right? Cold emailed them. It was scary, but I had nothing to lose. They did not, they didn't know me. So. (laughs) Yeah. And okay. So you emailed them and introduced yourself and pitched your idea over email. And then they invited you to come to this contest. Yes. What then? What did you do to prepare? It sounds like you didn't have any mentors at the time. So how did you know what to do? So I I looked up, it's funny, Google, I know patients use it to Google their diagnosis, but I used to to look up how to do a proper pitch. And my husband, so I, I, at the time, then I I got remarried and he worked in tech companies. So he used to give pitches as well. So he guided me. And so together we made a slide deck. So it was like Shark Tank, but not on TV. Yes, it was like Shark Tank. It was. Wow. And you just got up there by yourself. I was nervous. It was like, I have to do this. I have no choice. I have to do this. I don't want to spend money and waste it. I need to get this market analysis done. It has to be done. So I I just pitched and I, I pretended that I was just talking to a parent explaining why I am making this product, why I I feel like it's important. I love how you thought, wait a minute, who is this product for? This product is for moms, babies, and I'm an expert in that. And now here you are pitching in front of a business school and you won. Yes. Yeah. It was interesting because the room was mostly male dominated, but it seemed to strike a chord with them. So they came back to say, absolutely, this is very marketable. It's It would be extremely profitable. They, but then at the end, they said, well, I think they made an assumption that I would want to continue being a full-time pediatrician. So then they came with the conclusion that, yes, this is an amazing product. You can definitely retire to the beach with this. <laughs> And so, but they said, 
Well, I think you could you could license this product to Johnson and Johnson or Graco or these large infant companies and let them do the heavy lifting and you just collect the check and relax and continue working as a pediatrician. So I didn't really agree. I wanted to make a company of it. And so I'm like, wait a second, I don't want to sell it off too fast. Mm. (laughs) So there's other things to be done. And so, but it was good. The important part of it is that it was marketable, that it was profitable. And so that it was worthwhile to proceed. Yes. To change change the application on the patent application to not provisional, but to go ahead and push forward. Yes. win, Win the patent. So I'm curious, it sounded like you had a reaction when the business school people told you, yep, just go sit on the beach or, or keep working full-time as a pediatrician and, and just collect the check. You had a reaction to that. It sounded like that didn't sit well with you. Tell me more about that. Well, I was thinking the companies would maybe license the product, but not sell it at the level that I would like, because once they have a hold of it, Sometimes they don't have to use the license. They might not sell it in the stores as you think they would. And so I wasn't very trusting of the process of licensing just yet Mm. until I developed a market myself where it was being sold. And then then I would feel more comfortable maybe to, to license, but... But I I just feel like it's my baby. I don't want to give my baby away to someone else right now. (laughs) I want to develop it and maybe create other things too to go with it. So that's why I felt a little protective of my product. (laughs) So it was just a gut instinct that it's too soon to do that, to just give the drawings to someone and then they do it the license, it's maybe not as valuable as well. Mm. I my eyes until there was actually parents that were buying it. And so then that would increase its value. Mm. You have a founder's heart. You know, you you don't want to just create a drawing and just hand it off. You, you really want to be part of the story of Dr. Rose and, and this bulb that you invented. You, you want to share it with mothers and parents and, and you want to also market it in a way that you feel matches what you have to offer. Yes, absolutely. And I, I feel like I'm entwined with this bulb because of the brand. Mm. So then with this brand, it's a reflection of me and what this bulb stands for. So it's proven to be an an amazing blend of the product with my brand in that I was able to be accepted into medical incubators when I go pitch. So I've been accepted into three different incubators. So let's backtrack a little bit because I don't know if all our listeners know what an incubator is. Can you explain that? That's true. I wasn't sure what that was either when I first so it's it's a place, it's like a collaboration with very large companies and little startup companies that have ideas or they have like a product or technology platform that where the larger companies can assist by giving mentorship. Ah. 
And so there's different people in a incubator, like a medical one, for example, there will be scientists and developers and, and engineers and these companies too that have experience in distribution of product or maybe they'd like to invest in your product they're watching and uh, they may invest. And it helps with connections too. Universities are involved in these incubators also to help us seedling companies grow. They give ideas using their resources. And so usually pay a membership to be in this incubator but it's such a low amount for all the access to all the resources. Normally you have to pitch and be invited. They want to focus on ideas that they feel are going to take off and give them notoriety. Wow. Okay. So an incubator is basically a place where brilliant minds and people with resources and tools come together and where new ideas are born. So you you may come, like you said, as a seedling and other people who may have the bigger companies may have more resources will then give you mentorship. And it sounds like such a fascinating, exciting place to be. That's amazing that you went from a full-time practicing pediatrician and because you took the chance and took the risk. And now here you are, you're in several incubators where you're in the room with people who are creating the next generation products. It is. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. For example, earlier this year, the founder of Lavango, he's here in Chicago and he's been working on Lavango for a few years. It's been interesting to see that growth in front of your very eyes, that there's a real person behind this. I get to meet him, to meet people with Teladoc and just different pharmaceutical startups that are on the rise. You see them as little seedlings and to see them rise and just be IPOs, companies on on the stock market is impressive. Right. And it all, it all starts in a place like an incubator, right? Where people like yourself dreams of an idea and pursues that dream and takes the chance to pitch that dream and to keep pitching it before you know it, this can be the next Lavango or the next Teladoc. That's so amazing. Wow, I am blown away by the first part of Dr. Reina's story, how she recognized she had a dream, then how her dream emerged, and all the obstacles that she overcame along the way. Stay tuned for the second half of our interview next week, where she continues to share how her dream unfolded and where she sees this dream heading. You can find Dr. Reina's innovative, brilliantly designed, easy-to-use nasal aspirator at drrosesbaby.com, D-R-R-O-S-E-S-B-A-B-Y, drrosesbaby.com. She's been working really hard with the manufacturing process, and the current anticipated date for her product to come on market is January 2022, so please put that on your calendar There is a place on the bottom of her webpage where you can subscribe to her mailing list so that you will be the first to know when her product comes out. 
Dr. Rose's baby nasal aspirator will be such a great addition to any baby registry. So if you or your friends are expecting a baby, please keep this product in mind. Dr. Reina is also very active on Instagram and TikTok. She shares lots of wonderful baby tips and lots of great tips in general as a pediatrician. I will leave those links in the show notes as well. Make sure you also subscribe to follow her. In the meantime, dear to dream physicians, please keep dreaming. Don't let others or yourself squash your dreams. Look at that little seedling and imagine what can come from one little seedling. Could that seedling grow into a full-size tree? And could that one tree eventually lead to an entire forest? Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend and go on your favorite podcast app to give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us to get the word out there. Also, I am really excited to announce I've started a online Facebook community for physicians. Go and search for Dare to Dream Physician Travel. That's the name of the Facebook group. If you have trouble finding us, the link is also in the show notes. I hope to see you on the inside.